AMSA partner, Becker Professional Education, provides exclusive pricing to AMSA members for USMLE review preparation. Save up to 25% off their live online and live review programs along with their guided learning resources and extensive question bank. Visit becker.com AMSA for more details. You find yourself stranded. The power is out. Even as the winds die down, your priorities have shifted. Study takes a distant backseat to the essentials of life. As a medical student in a disaster zone, you're part rescuer and part survivor. Welcome to the AMSA AdLib podcast, where you'll hear from med students and experts alike. I'm Rachel Glassford, sitting in for AdLib's Christine Camizio. A week and a half ago, Hurricane Harvey struck coastal Texas. Even now, Hurricane Irma is slamming into Caribbean islands and will soon approach the southeastern United States. TJ Law is student editor of the New Physician magazine. He grew up in Houston and has experienced Harvey both as a resident of the city and as a future physician. Hi, my name is TJ Law. I'm an MD JD candidate at Baylor College of Medicine and the University of Houston Law Center, and I'm the student editor of The New Physician. Pete Thompson spoke with TJ just over a week after Harvey's landfall. Here's Pete. TJ, I know you expressed, uh, kind of explained your experience so far in a blog post um, last week, but can you tell me a little bit about what your experience has been, um, kind of in a couple ways? One, where were you sort of when the the hurricane was uh, arriving and then sort of in the, in the flooding process? Mm-hmm. So I was actually watching the Floyd Mayweather Conor McGregor fight at my friend's house. Uh, I believe it was August 26th. And as we were watching it, we were getting a lot of alerts on our phones saying flash flooding, flash flooding. And all of us, we all knew Harvey was coming, but as soon as our phones all vibrated once, we knew something was wrong. So we, we walked outside for a little bit and we just saw all the floats flooded. Uh, car, cars were already probably in a few inches of water. And we knew, we knew something was wrong, so we just uh, camped it out for several hours until probably 1 to 2 a.m. We, we headed back to our places. But uh, later that night, probably 3 to 6 a.m. on August 27th is when most of the rain came. Um, yeah, from, from what I remember, when uh, like for some reason I was able to sleep. But when I woke up, it was just, it just was a very eerie feeling. Because usually I, I'm used to waking up, I hear cars coming down the highway. Sometimes an ambulance comes, uh, like, ro- like roars past my apartment complex, but I heard nothing. It was completely silent. Uh, power, was, power was out. Um, we got an email from our apartment manager that uh, all roads are flooded. Uh, the garage is completely flooded as well, so there's no way you can go in or out. Uh, the highway became a lake. The bayou was completely over flooded. Um, the park uh, close by my place, uh, Herman Park, it was completely flooded too. So it was a very surreal, surreal moment for me because I just never seen anything like that before. Um, probably the closest thing I've seen to flooding was Tropical Storm Allison. I believe that was in 2000. I remember I was I was in second grade. Uh, my parents brought me home from school early that day, and I was just watching the water 
it just kept rising and rising. Because I was looking at our backyard and we had glass doors. I just kept seeing the water. We almost got flooded, but we were very lucky we didn't. But uh, I think I speak on behalf of most Houstonians. We've never ever seen like this before. And although we thought we were prepared, it, the devastation that just came about it was um, you can't predict. You can't predict these things. And so you grew up yourself in Houston? Yeah, yes, all my life. In ter- you, you mentioned sort of seeing people kind of coming together, but kind of in what ways have you seen that occur specifically? Uh, I think just visiting our neighbors. Because usually, I guess as humans, sometimes we like to keep to ourselves, but when all this happened, like, I'll just describe this. When I was, uh, I walked downstairs and I saw a large group of people. I think most of everyone in the apartment complex just was downstairs, and all of us, we were just, we were just silent. We didn't really know what to say. Uh, some of us cried. I cried with uh, another man uh, and his family because it's just this is just something. It's 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 just phenomenal to see. Like we were wa- we were looking at the road like right in front of our complex, it's it was like a little river, just like water was just rushing down and uh, people were trying to uh, go through the road like on their bicycles and and people were in little uh, like canoe boats. It was it was very interesting and and eventually uh, like we just started talking with each other saying, hey, can I help you with something? Uh, do you have water? Uh, enough water for the week do you have food hey um uh, if you need company you can come over to my place um and I, I, several of us actually we got together and just ate dinner just we just gathered all the food we had and we just got together at, um a, a guy's apartment just just talked just saying asking each other how our families were doing how our friends were doing because we thought we had it bad some other place in houston got it worse like katie most of Katy is completely flooded. Uh, there, even parts right now are still flooded now. Um, yeah, that was just my experience. I think it's just seeing people get together that you would not think, you know, people who wouldn't have gone together before, they did because of Harvey. So, can you describe for me what it's like now? Like, sort of a few days in, uh, if you look at your, I know you're not at home right now, but if you, uh, if you looked at your apartment window, what do you, what would you see? Uh, right now, it's strange, strange enough, things look normal just from my vantage point. As soon as the highways opened up, it seems like it seemed like business was back to normal, uh, which was a little surprising to me. Uh, well, actually, maybe not surprising. Houston's always been, it's, it's always been a bustling city. Uh, we're always we, we're a city of workers, so as soon as we're able to get back to work, we just go back to work. But uh, I know work isn't done yet. Uh, all the shelters still have hundreds of evacuees to be taken care of. Um, houses are being uh, are undergoing demolition because there's they've been underwater. There's no way those houses can be repaired. Uh, and just find and, and sometimes actually some people are missing, so they're trying to find missing people too. So. Uh, although it seems on the surface that things are back to normal, but uh, things definitely are not. And I know that you had uh, had a little bit of volunteer experience there after the storm um, yourself, but can you tell me a little bit about how what your experience was like and then also sort of how people can get involved um, at this point if there, if there is even an opportunity? Oh, yeah, definitely. So 
I was, uh, I guess for lack of a better word, just I was trapped in my apartment. So I was, uh, it, it was a few days before I got an opportunity to volunteer. Uh, I went to Georgia Brown Convention Center, brought several water cases, uh, toiletries, uh, some canned foods I had, uh, and I volunteered for a little bit. Not not as long as I would like, but uh, it was mainly as a medical student, we were able to take history, uh, take patients' histories. So just going up to evacuees that you know didn't really have a clear sense of um, like the doctors around. They didn't really know what their health problems were. So as students, uh, we they they gave they gave us a lot of freedom to do that and do uh, focus physical exams just to see what problems they like. Did they have diabetes? Did they need um, insulin right away to control their uh, blood glucose? Did they have hypertension? Uh, did they have any medications on them? Do they need medications? Uh, just stuff like that. I think as students we helped a lot. And even now, uh, students can definitely still volunteer. Uh, because we have Georgia Brown Convention Center, uh, several shelters around Houston, Lakewood Church, and also um, NRG Center, which is an extension of uh, NRG Stadium, the football stadium. So uh, I, I'm pretty sure for definitely for this week and probably the f next several weeks, students will definitely have plenty of uh, opportunities to volunteer. And I, and I highly encourage it if you're in the Houston area. Do you know what the sort of short-term and, and long-term effects on health will be from, from the, the storm and the, and the aftermath? Uh, it's a really good question, uh, especially since it's not something that's very news uh, that stands in your face so people are, would report it. But yeah, I think there are a couple of things. Uh, for example, infectious diseases is, is definitely up there. Um, you just think of human waste. Um, MRSA, which is uh, resistant Staphylococcus aureus, it's a really it's a nasty bug. And uh, if I remember correctly, after Hurricane Katrina, uh, the rates uh, of MRSA doubled or tripled, and they it was seen in ERs everywhere. So. Uh, also, flesh-eating bacteria, the incidence of skin rashes will definitely go up. Uh, you think of mosquitoes, you don't see them now because it's we're still sort of like in the hurricane, but with uh, as, as with any large bodies of stagnant water, uh, mos mosquitoes will come in hordes and uh, with them you have increased risk of like West Nile virus, uh, dengue, and, and even uh, the Zika virus. Um, you can also think of uh, drug access. Uh, right now, um, supply is definitely not meeting demand. Um, as you can maybe see on the news, there's a shortage of uh, inhalers, a shortage of insulin. It's really bad for uh, the diabetics and children and adults with asthma. Um, I guess also another thing that's not talked about a lot is uh, carbon monoxide poisoning. People are using generators and people are not educated on the dangers of using generators like having them in your home or having them very close to where you sleep or having them in the closed uh, area because you're, you're just not trained on how to use a generator. They just hike up the prices a lot and they tell you you need it but there are uh, many health effects of it. You also think of the toxins in the air and just in the water too uh, from our natural gas and uh, oil refineries that were affected by the flooding. And I guess probably the law for long term, I think the biggest thing will be 
post-traumatic stress disorder, uh, PTSD, and uh, just depression. Um, mental health is not really a big thing that's talked about in the U.S. Uh, it's kind of unfortunate, but I think it definitely should be on everyone's radar because this this definitely is a traumatic experience. I think it's traumatic for every single Houstonian, every single Texan that had that were either personally affected or had friends or family that were affected and everyone reacts to um to like disasters like this in a different way so i guess just i guess from a primary care physician standpoint my advice is that all primary care physicians uh they are literally the first line to all the health effects that i mentioned on diseases e coli MRSA and mental health and um, it's up to them to make sure everything is addressed and to uh, make sure everyone gets their vaccinations for tetanus and um, yeah I think those are the big the big things is there anything that you would share with students that might be kind of in the path or near the path of, of Irma or, or maybe students who might be involved in a major disaster in the future that you wouldn't have, have known yourself before this experience mm, uh, that's a very good question I would say if you know of uh, natural disasters coming your way and you have enough time, maybe a couple days, um, definitely be prepared. Uh, get, I think water is the most essential thing because uh, as humans we can live off without food for a while, but without water you won't last uh, very long. Maybe you won't last a day or two if you're completely without water. Um, in terms of helping out, I would definitely uh, contact local officials, definitely your uh, medical school dean, asking them, uh, do you guys have anything planned in terms of volunteer volunteerism as soon as uh, uh, this natural like storm or, or earthquake or what what have you comes your comes our way? Like, how can we help as soon as we are able to and is safe? I think that's a really big thing I, for us. Uh, my medical school, Baylor College of Medicine, all the deans and students who assisted the deans were completely prepared for um, informing students of all the volunteer opportunities that that you could uh, partake in Houston. And uh, they made a an excellent Facebook uh, page where the deans uh, communicated directly with the students. It's not something you typically hear of, but um, what Baylor did was, I think, pretty phenomenal. Uh, it, it really rallied all the students together and just to show that we are all one big community and uh, anything is possible. But uh, probably my biggest advice, not even just advice, just, just stay just stay hopeful. There's going to be very, uh, very, very sad moments. Um, like for me, I saw, uh, I saw a, friend's <clears throat> a friend's home near my house and uh, yeah, he was... He was completely flooded, and I remember uh, I used to come to his house a lot when I was a uh, younger kid, and we would just play video games. And uh, it was just a lot of memories in that, you know, in people's houses, and for them to be flooded in and their house to be lost, it's uh, it's a huge thing to digest, and just it takes time. But as long as uh, as long as you keep staying hopeful, things will get better over time. It's, um, it's a little bit emotional, but it's, uh, yeah, just my experience. I think, I think the biggest thing is that anyone in the country can help. 
you don't have to be in Texas to make an impact. Like every every donation matters um, to American Red Cross, uh, GoFundMe pages. Uh, I donated uh, some money to Chris Young's uh, GoFundMe initiative. He's a pretty famous uh, country singer. Uh, JJ Watt, he's $20 million going strong. He's continuing his campaign. And just uh, just reaching out, reach out to every Texan you know, every Houstonian you know, and just asking how they're doing. Even if you can't physically help them, just just uh, just asking how people are doing it. It really means a lot, uh, especially if uh, if you're someone who doesn't have uh, maybe a lot of friends or family close by, but just being asked by maybe strangers how you're doing it. It really it really affects your psyche and just. Uh, just keeping hopeful. You know, TJ, thank you very much for doing this. Oh, yeah, of course. I think I was reached out by most of the Amster family, so, uh, yeah, I'm more than appreciated. Things are, things are okay right now. If you experienced Hurricanes Harvey or Irma, we would like to hear your story. Email us at adlib at amsa.org. AMSA AdLib is brought to you by the American Medical Student Association. This episode was produced by Pete Thompson and myself, Rachel Glassford. Joshua Caulfield is the show's executive producer, and Dr. Joey Johnson is AMSA's national president. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and thank you for listening. This episode of AMSA AdLib is brought to you by the generous support of Becker Professional Education. 